1 Samuel, starting in chapter 5. So the Philistines uh, have now conquered the Israelites and they've taken the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Lord, and they bring it back to their temple for their god, Dagon, and they put it in there with him. And then the next day they come back and their god, Dagon, has fallen on his face. And so they put him back up and the next day he's not only fallen on his face, but his head and his arms are chopped off. And so, you know, <laughs> the Lord is showing what he thinks of, of this. Um, but then more than that, the Lord starts to uh, smote and ravage the uh, Ashdodites, the, the people of that town, Ashdod, uh, with tumors. And, um, and so, you know, of course, the men are quite upset. People are getting tumors. So the Lord, the people of Ashdod, the Philistines of Ashdod say, we, we've got to get rid of the Lord. He's, he's being harsh on us and our God. Let's get rid of him. So they bring the, the Philistines together, and uh, I guess the people of, of Gat are willing to take him, so they send him there. And, and he does a similar thing with tumors. They all start breaking out with tumors, and they, the city's in confusion. And so then they bring it to Ekron, and and then the Ekronites are upset because they've they've heard about what's happening in the other two cities. And then they they gather the people and they say, We've got to send the ark out of here, send it back to Israel. There was heavy confusion from the Lord there. Their people were confused and upset. And uh, they did not want to die and be smitten with tumors. And so their cry went up to heaven. So in chapter six we see that the ark spent about seven months in the in the area of the Philistines. And they, so the Philistines called together their, their so-called priests and their, uh, you know, diviners, um, you know, witches, basically, and um, sorcerers. And they say, what should we do? And he, How do we get rid of this thing? And they say, well, don't just send it away empty. You need to provide a guilt offering for their God, and then you'll be healed and, and God's hand removed from you. And so they say, what shall it be? And they say, five golden tumors and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. I don't know if I'm reading too fast. I didn't notice the mice. So let me go back. Weird. Okay, I, I didn't notice the mice again in chapter five. But in chapter six, he's saying, because you were plagued with tumors and mice, you need to make five golden mice and five golden tumors, because there's five major lords and cities of the Philistines. And... Um, and so, you, you know, you make this and then give glory to God, the God of Israel. So now you have the Philistines who worship Dagon, worshiping the God of Israel, the, the Lord of Lords. And it's quite ironic since the people of Israel had so turned away from God. Here you have the Philistines saying, why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts when he had severely dealt with them? Did they not allow the people to go and they departed? <laughs> so you have the Philistines uh, honoring God <laughs> when the people of Israel weren't. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Sometimes a, a heart that's just sort of open is easier to bend towards the will of the Lord than a religious heart. So what they tell them to do is to take two milch cows, whatever those are, that have never been yoked and put them on the cart and uh, let them go. And if they go towards uh, the way of uh, Israel, then you know that uh, God is in this. And uh, if they go the other way, then you know that he's not. And then it happened by chance. And so they, they do this, they let them go. 
and and the two cows start pulling the the cart that has the ark on it right back to Israel towards Beth Shemesh. And the cart came to the field of a man named Joshua, and uh, they you know the people were the Israelites were very excited to see this, and so they the Levites there took the ark down and. Uh, they they did a burnt offering. They they burnt they sacrificed the cows that had brought it, and the five lords of the Philistines see this, and then they go on their way. And so they just mentioned that the again the the five mice were for the five lords of Philistines, which lived in the five cities: Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gat, and Ekron, and that the large stone they put the ark on in uh, Beth Shema, uh, Shemite. Beth, he's a Shemite. What was his name? Beth Shema, Shemesh. Um, that 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 stone was still there at the end of the writing of this, so I don't know what this took fifty years to write or something, or fifty years later or something like that. But then we see some terrible news: the men of Beth Shemesh, um, they did not treat the ark as holy. And man, this if an ark if the ark showed up at my door, I'd probably want to look into it too. Um, but they they had been trained up, at least to some degree, I mean, I don't know how much they were hearing the law, but they 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 treated the Ark of the Lord as uh, cavalierly, so that the men looked into it. About 50,000 plus men looked into this Ark, and the Lord uh, slaughtered them. They they died for their impertinence. And uh, so the men of Bishemesh were, you know, said, who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God, and to whom shall go up? I'm sure they heard about all the tumors in uh, Philistine, Phil, uh, uh, Phil, yeah, Philistine. That's not sounding right, but um, and now they've got all these people that died. So the, what? What do we do? The Philistines have brought back the Ark of the Lord. Come down and take it. They say to Kiriat Jerim, the a town I, I assume nearby, because it you know they they can't. Handle. And then in chapter seven. The uh, the men of Kiriat Jerim um, treated as holy, and they put it in the house of a man named Abinadab, and his son Eliezer uh, takes care of it, and uh, it stayed there for twenty years, and um, and then Samuel spoke to the house of the Israel, and he tells the people, if you return to the Lord with all your heart, remove the foreign gods and the Ashtoreth. From among you, and direct your hearts to the Lord, and serve Him alone. He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. And so the sons of Israel listened. They removed the balls and Asherahs and served the Lord. So the people begin to gather up. They're fasting. They're praying. They're you know they're all of a sudden treating themselves as a holy people again, and God is holy as their Lord. And uh, the Philistines hear that they're gathered up, and so they get ready to come to war with them. And the people are terrified. The people ask Samuel to pray for him, and he decides to uh, do a burnt offering of a lamb and cried out to the Lord on behalf of the people. And the Lord answered, and he put a great confusion and great thunder, and uh, the confusion came against the Philistines, and so the people routed them. Uh, And they they were in Mitzvah, and they went out, and they pursued the Philistines beyond there, struck them down as far as Bethkar. And so the Philistines were subdued and not, did not come again against Israel for a while. And so the cities that it, uh, Philistines had taken from Israel, which were Ekron all the way to Gat, um, Israel took them back. 
and there is peace between Israel and the Amorites. So the people under Samuel are doing quite well. And Samuel would rotate between Bethel and Gilgal and Mitzpah, judging the people. And he built an altar to the Lord to Ramah, and then we're on to chapter 8. In chapter 8, we see that Samuel judged Israel a good long time, and, you know, Israel was blessed while he was judging. But then he names his sons judges uh, over Israel, but his sons do not walk in the ways of the Lord. They're after dishonest gain just like the sons of Eli that Samuel had replaced. So they're having a, they're having a problem um, raising up sons correctly, doing, teaching the way of the Lord to sons, even when they're good. You know, Eli and Samuel both uh, were pretty good at heart. Um, I don't know if it told us as much about the effects of Eli on the people, but he seemed good at heart. Samuel was definitely good at judging Israel, but not good at raising sons to do the same. So the people approached Samuel and said, Look, your sons do not follow after your ways. They're dishonest, and we don't want them judging us. Appoint a king for us. And Samuel did not like this. He knew that, Sam, that God did not want them to have a king. But he prays to God, and God says, Listen to the people. It's not that they have rejected you. They have rejected me in, in demanding a king. He said, Just as they have um, forsaken me after I've... Uh, you know, after I've blessed them and, and given them salvation from Pharaoh and all the other troubles, now they're rejecting you. So it's just, it's the, it's the heart of the people and that, that's just how it is. <laughs> if they rejected you, why wouldn't they reject me? These words, you know, Jesus repeats. So God says, go ahead and listen to them and appoint a king, but solemnly warn them and tell them the procedures of the king who will reign over them. Let them know what they're getting into. It's not, the grass is not always greener here. Um, I set up a, a people to be ruled by judges as needed so that everyone has less of a bureaucracy between them and me. And, uh, and but they demand a king. So tell them what a king's going to do. You know, I wanted to be their king. But a, a, a king who's a man who goes after the way of men is going to be for himself. And so then he gets into what, it, what does that look like? So Samuel tells him, the king's going to place his own sons above you. He's going to care about them more than he cares about you. He's going to care about chariots and horsemen to run before his, uh, and they will, the horsemen will run before his chariots. He will, you know, appoint commanders for armies, you know. So he's going to have to control over whether you're able to work your fields or you're in his armies. Um, he, you know, he's going to have others making weapons of war when they might prefer to be doing more productive things with their time. He, he's going to be Lord over you instead of God. He'll take your daughters to work in his, uh, uh, you know, as cooks and bakers. He will take your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tithe from you. Um, so you're going to have to, it's going to cost you money to have a king. So he, you're putting you're putting a man in control over you instead of just letting God be in control of you. But if this is you know if this is what you want, I will do it. And nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, and they said, "No, we still want a king over us." And because and the reason is they want to be just like all the others. Well, that's the whole point: is God wants them not to be like the rest of the world. And, but if you see the religious heart of man. 
religious heart of man is we want to do x y and z to be okay with god but otherwise we want to be like everybody else and that's why you see the churches of today looking just like the world and god says no i want a holy people holy means set apart i want people who represent me who go after my ways not the ways of the world and but the heart of man is always we want to be like everybody else we don't want to be set apart for god but Samuel hears that what they want, and so he's you know he goes back to the Lord, and the Lord says, "Give him a king," and that's the end of chapter eight. God bless you.